0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampion. And my guest today is actor, producer, and writer, Mr. Rodney Fitz. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. You know, I've been trying, we've been trying to get this done for a while because you got one of the most interesting stories, man. Like, you know, we grew up in the same neighborhood and even i wasn't too familiar with your story until you told it to me, so i was actually i've been looking forward to this podcast for a lot for a long time Thank you man. i appreciate it now you 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 were you uh had experience working in law enforcement for nine years how was that what was would you how would you describe your experience um i mean well i worked for the metropolitan police department in d c um and it was it was I, wow, one one word couldn't capture what my experience was. Um, It was, it was fun. It was, it was tumultuous. It was volatile. It was, it was, you know, good times. I met great people, man. It was, it was just, it was a lot. Um, I joined the police department in 2007 um, after I got out of the Navy. Um, in 2006, the year before. And um, I joined the police department because I had a lot of family members on the police department. My mother, she was actually a police officer in D.C. She was a detective at Youth Division um, until 1989 when she died. Sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. I appreciate it. Um, But yeah, so I came from a family of police officers. I was actually fourth generation. My great-grandfather um in DC, my uh my great uncle, my grandfather's brother, um, my mother and her brothers, um, and uh and even like cousins and things like that, and then me.
1: So, so you uh, said
0: you said it was tumultuous. What was tumultuous about it? Just it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of politics with the police department. Um and it's a lot of, you know, foolishness, especially being in our nation's capital, you know, being in D.C. and being from D.C., um, you just it, it's, it's a city like no other. Like you it, it, it is incomparable to any other city in, in the country, in the world, for that matter. Um, it's crazy, you know, like even during the crack epidemic, how is D.C., you know, the murder capital when the White House is a few blocks away from where all the murders happened? Yeah. So you know, and it just uh, DC is just crazy. But tumultuous, the police department. To get back to your question, the police department just um, it it came with challenges because you're taking people's freedom, and anytime you're taking someone's freedom from them, you know that that's 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 a really heavy. Um, thing to do. It's not something to be taken lightly. And I never took it lightly. Um, I never, you know, wanted people to feel like their rights were being violated because I didn't, I never wanted to feel like mine were being violated. And so sometimes with politics and with policy and laws that, you know, um, can be ridiculous, um, you have to take people's freedom and you don't necessarily agree with it. Man, that's a that's a strong point. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure that's that can be pretty conflicting. Man. Absolutely. Now you now, I introduced you as a, you know a writer, producer, and an actor, and you actually made a life changing decision to go to to LA to chase your dream. How did you arrive at that decision? Oh uh, wow, this is um this is interesting because. I decided to do it in 2013 but I didn't execute that decision until 2016. So, I knew I was going to do it. It was just life just kept happening. Like my originally I planned to move here in 2014 um and life happened. And then um, 2016 just became the most opportune time. And I'll tell you what happened. I um, had recently gotten out of a relationship, um, had gone to Mexico with um, for a friend's birthday. And in Mexico, on the last day there, I got sick. I drank the water. I know. I know I was an idiot. Yeah, I, the water. I get it. I get it. I did. I just we we were in like this villa, you know, in some resort, this five-star resort. And I felt like, you know, the water, they told us the water was filtered, you know. I just, yeah, I was an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'ma I'm take it. I'ma just go ahead and take that. But um, I got I got sick the last day. It was crazy. I was in the airport the whole way back to DC. I was um, I was sick immediately after I got to D.C., well, actually, I landed in BWI. I got my car to the parking lot and drove straight to the hospital. I went to Sibley, got to the hospital. They told me, ah, oh, you got, you know, whatever. Some virus is going to go away in a few days, but it's not, it's a virus, it, you know, that, that was in the water, whatever. It's going to go away. Here's some medicine for whatever, but you need to be off. So I was off for a whole week, like, You know, imagine just I couldn't go to work because I was constantly back and forth to the restroom. So um, you can imagine. Um, So anyway, I was on my laptop laying in bed. um, And I was watching the face. I was on Facebook and a clip of Steve Harvey popped up. And it was about jumping. And so I I opened it up and I had seen it before. Actually, like kind of in passing or like on a friend's laptop or whatever. But I saw the um, I opened it up and it was he said, you know, he was talking to a good friend of his, T.D. Jakes, um, about, you know, about jumping, about, you know, people chasing their dream and stepping out on faith. And um, and he said, if you are in a job that you don't like and, you know, anymore, where you're unhappy, where you don't feel fulfilled. And that was the key word fulfilled. He said, um, he said, then leave. He said, quit. Quit that job. Like, like, like it was nothing, like nonchalant. And I was like, (laughs) like, like, (laughs) you know, but essentially that's what I did. That was, um, that was in April of 2016. I... Gave, I gave my notice to found out that I could break my lease. Um, and so my landlord let me break my lease, um, with my apartment. Um, uh, and then I gave my job 60 days notice cause that was required. The MPD required that, that, that you give them 60 days notice before you resign. Ain't that crazy? You got to give them a 60 that notice. notice. That's a, That's a whole great... lot of notice. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> they want to make, sh- make sure you show about this decision. So I gave them notice on April 25th. My last day was June 26th. Damn. Man. What? So just curious, like, what the hell are you supposed to do with them six? Like, let's say you say, you know, what the hell with this? I'm not giving them 60 days. What, what can they do? Um, I mean, they can make it hard, you, you know, they can make, they can make it hard in a, in a number of ways <laughs> um, for you. I mean, and I actually know I trained a girl who, um, or a woman, a young woman who got pissed off one day at a sergeant. She was still in training, got, actually, she had just finished training, got pissed off at a sergeant. And um, she had a law degree. Um, she, she took her, her belt off, like, fuck this shit, and left and never came back. Damn. She sent the uniforms back, and she just never came back. Fuck this. She was like, fuck this. Damn. That's crazy. Now, I know, you know, because you moved all the way across the country, it had to be some challenges with that. What's some of the challenges you faced moving to L.A.? You couldn't imagine the challenges that I faced moving to LA, man. I things I moved, I I left the police department when I was 33, 33 and a half. I turned 34 um while I was in LA. And it was like you, you to to kind of to go back to arriving at that decision, it wasn't it wasn't hard to arriving at that decision, because I knew that I wanted to be an entertainer. I knew that I wanted to be able to tell my story and to show my gift and to share it. That's, that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do my whole life is to be able to share my gifts. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to do, <laughs> I used to like do many concerts at family reunions and, and things like that, because I wanted, um, I needed rather to be on stage. Um, I it was just something that was a part of me, and it's always been a part of me, um, and and only when seen in action do I really shine. Like you know, I, I know that I know that um, that this is what I was meant to be, and so. But the challenge is, you know, because everything that you know, everything that we want and everything that we believe is meant for us, you know. Um, still takes work. It takes work to get there. If you want to be, you know, a doctor, you got to go to, shoot, you got undergrad, then med school, that's eight years right there, plus residency, which is typically at a minimum three years. And so you basically, that's 11 years in order to to get this job that you wait for. And for me, the challenges have been running out of money, uh, not having, not I'm having enough work as an actor to pay my bills, um, trying to find work in, in other industries to, you know, to make ends meet, driving Uber, dri- driving Lyft. Um, I, you know, just all types of bartending gigs and different things that I've, you know, that I've done here. Man, it's been, my car has been repossessed. I was evicted once. Um, and these are things that have literally never happened to me in my life. Mm. like I have never never been evicted. My phone had never been cut off before ever <laughs> like like, like th- those were things that didn't happen to me i you know i did I made a, a really good living in d c on, as a police officer. I worked a lot of overtime i I could afford my set in Los Angeles. I could not and <laughs> you know um. It, it's, it's been a struggle just auditioning, thinking that you're meant for a role or thinking that, you know, you're perfect for a role and you get in there and they look at you like you're crazy. And, or, or they want you to do something that you, didn't, that you weren't aware because you didn't prepare as much as you should have for this. And just those things, you know, kind of learning the ropes, things that a novice um, doesn't know coming into this, into this world. Now, you know, you said you was doing all this stuff. The car got repossessed. Um, you got evicted. Was there ever a time where you felt like you made a bad decision? You wanted absolutely to get turn not. back? Absolutely, My bad to cut you off, man. Are you Absolutely to... not. Um, oh, absolutely not? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. okay. Absolutely not. I never thought that I made a bad decision because... My goal is greater than my struggle. And I, I I know that I have to work hard and I know that, that it takes hard work and that it takes dedication and focus. And I think for me, um, the thing that I didn't prepare for was being knocked off my focus by all of the other things that had nothing to do with my, my being an actor. You know, like I said, bills come up, different, you know, things that, that, that came, that come up that you just didn't expect. You know, um, just government bills and old whatever. <laughs> just everything, just everything. Like, it was Murphy's Law for me. Like, everything that could happen, happened. Like, all of the things that you could name that. I mean, I, I was driving Lyft, I'm sorry, Uber, and I had... A woman, I'm driving with a passenger in my car. I'm driving in a homeless woman. Seeing the homelessness problem here is crazy, too. Seeing this homeless woman and man, they were blocking traffic. So I call myself going around them. And I see the homeless woman. She starts taking off running towards my (laughs) car. As I'm trying to drive around, it's like four or five cars. The man is stopping. And this woman is running after my car. So I'm, you know, quick, she's pretty close to my car. So I roll my windows up really fast. Man, she took, the one thing I forgot to roll up, the, the clothes was my damn sunroof. She took off running and leaped <laughs> onto my car and latched onto my sunroof. Latched onto my sunroof for a whole block. This woman was latched <laughs> onto my sunroof. And the girl in the back is like, "Bitch, get out!" Fight, and fighting her and kicking and screaming, I'm still driving. It was it was crazy. What what did she do it for? Was she high? What, what was she? I have no look. What, that, you asking me like i I got an answer for that. Do you know why she <laughs> did it? You know why she did it? Because why not? It's like why not? Why wouldn't I? Why 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 shouldn't she be doing that? Why shouldn't she <laughs> be coming over the top? Like there's no explanation. That's nah, see, I thought, I thought it was like, okay, she was high, or... I don't she, know. She she I was mean, we think, my, maybe I she know. was, I can assume she was high, but I don't know if she well, was high. That, we'll put it like she this. A, a safe bet would be that she was under the influence of something. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Or she was mentally ill. Yeah, that too. That, yeah. A lot of mentally mm-hmm. ill people are homeless. That's true. I am just I'm just visualizing this scenario and I'm like, man, that's wow. That week three incidents happened. That was one of three incidents in one week. That was May of 2017. Damn. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, I know you was like, what the hell have I got myself into? Yeah, man. It was. That uh, uh, I mean, without going into detail about the other two incidents, I had a lady jump in front of me at the grocery store. Um, Like, it was five people behind me, and she hops in, and the white lady hops in and squeezes in front of me and starts putting her stuff on the conveyor belt in front of me. (laughs) In front of me. Damn, bro, she just touched your <laughs> the gangsta there. Listen, <laughs> she'll never do it again. Because <laughs> I let her do it at first. I let her put all of her items up there. And then I took my hand and I cleared that whole motherfucking <laughs> conveyor belt. Off. I wiped all the shit off on the floor. Some of my shit hit the floor. I ain't give a fuck. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I lost it in there. Lost it. Man, that is wild. you <laughs> old man tried to put a booger on me the same week. I swear to God, I can't make this up. He tried what? to put a booger on me in the VA hospital. Yes, he did. <laughs> But see, it's to be not, fair now, it's a good chance something was wrong with him at the VA hospital. Oh, I was at the hospital. Everybody calm down. Because I was at the VA hospital getting my, that's where I go for my okay, I'm a veteran. Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm just saying like, we, both, we ain't all fucked up in the head. Nah, not all, but if, if, if my man was trying to put a book on you, then he definitely. It, yeah, he was, yeah. He was like 80 years old, he was a Filipino dude. Damn. Yeah, you, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful in these streets, man. I'm telling you, man. L. <laughs> A. LA has has. I got some stories. <laughs> I agree. Right. People think the police department came with stories. I'm telling you, this town got stories of its own too, man. Now you you've actually you know now you know thank God things coming together and you you've had some you had some good roles. But what would you say your biggest role to date is? My biggest role to... (laughs) Uh, I've been thinking about this question. Um, um, I've been thinking about, you know, this. I I think my biggest role to date is... will probably be in a movie that that none of us will ever see. Um, I filmed a movie in 2017 and... I was in, like, six scenes and had a speaking part in each scene, you know. Um, it was an indie film, uh, but I never got paid. <laughs> Damn. I never got paid for the gig, and um, I, uh, yeah, I never got paid. And they, they never put it out, you know, because I would clearly be suing, but... Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. So that was my biggest fault. But I've been in a number of... Um, Hold on. Let's back I want to back up for a minute. Why they didn't put it out? Budget. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't pay the people that are in the film, how you going to put it out? <laughs> Look, good point. Good point. Like, <laughs> and from what I hear, none of us got paid. Damn. Shit. the story of hollywood i guess yeah but, i'm sorry so go ahead and continue about the other role oh no i was just saying i've been in a number of other um smaller roles like i've done background work on a number of mainstream shows um like scandal and code black and um um I actually had a speaking role in a part I did on the ID channel I had, on a show um I did an episode of um one of the shows on the ID channel I did another episode um of for my man on TV1 um I had a lead in that um yeah that's 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 about I mean I, and a number of um stage work so um I'll be in a play later this year um, called Choice um, here in in L.A. Um, And it's it's my first leading role on stage. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. We were actually supposed to go up in September, but, you know, it's Hollywood, like you just said. (laughs) Do Do you have a date or no? No, I don't have a date um, yet. We we don't have a date just yet. We're trying to we're 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 trying to get it. Bet- it's between two two different venues. So, um, whenever they get back to us. Um, but but yeah. So and I'll also be producing that. What now? What is you mentioned background acting? Somebody like me, I never. What is that? Background acting extra work. Okay, okay. but. I I I think the term extra has long been, you know, uh, uh I guess, you know, thrown in the trash, um, uh, replaced because background work is a more accurate description of what it is, because extra means that you're disposable, but background work is not you you know, that you're not disposable. Um I played an FBI agent on Scandal um a, a couple years ago. Um, I didn't have a speaking role, but I was in a scene with Joe Morton and Kerry Washington. So, um, yeah, um, that was, yeah, it was, that was, uh, but, but yeah, background work, some background work does, you know, you do, you can't get a speaking role, a hi, a hello or something real quick, but, but that's really what background work is. Okay. In order to get speaking roles, you, you know you need to, to, to be booked and cast it for that. particular. <laughs> so are you, are you, um, I know I didn't, I didn't prep before this, but do you actually have an agent? Like, are you looking for one? Is, is that, I'm actually, I'm currently looking for an agent. Um, I recently just, uh, just sent out, um, some, some of my work to a couple of agencies. Um, so we'll see. Does it make a big difference? Does it make a big difference? It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. But 2019 was a crazy year for me. I was homeless for several months in 2019, like actually homeless, staying in a shelter. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's rough, man. But um, but. You know, I turned the corner, so um, things are better. You know, I have an apartment, and I'm stable and um, and, and comfortable. Um, but I'm sorry, what what was the question? Damn it. Oh no, kidding. we was we was talking about the agent. I said, did they make? Oh, the agent. Well, yeah. So, so looking for an agent during that time. Um, looking for an agent during that time. Don't last year wasn't my priority um my priority was finding a place to live it was you know yeah So, so last year i i think maybe the whole of last year i went on 20 auditions um but i was booked in three projects okay now do you pay the agent agent gets um uh gets a percentage okay so it's definitely worth it though Oh, I mean, it's, it's more than worth it. It's, it's a, your agents are are how you get work. Okay. You know, that's how you, you, there are, there are few people um, at my level that can function without an agent. Like you that can get work I mean, unless I had a, a huge following on social media and I could, you know, but, but you can't, you, you need an agent. And so that's, you know, that's where I'm at. I still book auditions and get my own auditions, but, you know, it's good to also have an agent because they can get you in the bigger projects. Is it, is it pretty expensive to get one? To get an agent? Yeah. It's a percentage. They get a percentage of what you, you don't pay them monthly. If you don't get paid, they don't get paid. Oh, okay, okay. So they, so they kind of, so it's kind of like they have to want you pretty much. Yeah, yeah. They have to be able to, to, to book you, to get you booked. Oh, that's, oh, that's what I mean. They need to, basically, they're not going to be an agent if they don't feel like you're going to get them any work, pretty much. Right, I mean, some agencies don't get their clients work all the time, but, you know, it happens, it happens. Now considering everything you've been through, you know, the being in the pro police, then making the the life change decision to move to LA, are you actually happy where you are today? I'm absolutely happy. Um I'm free. Like, you know, like I'm free to to do whatever I want, to be whoever I want, um to say whatever I want, to to go wherever I want to go. I'm free. I don't I'm on my time. I operate in on, you know, in my own little universe, if you will. And there's something to be said about, you know, about not having to answer to anyone. I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't have a a sergeant or a lieutenant or captain or whomever to answer to anymore on the job. Um, And certainly not in my personal life, you know, but so it's just, I, my projects, I pick my projects. You know, you know what I mean. Like I pick my jobs. They don't pick me. That you know what I mean. Like it's, I'm not. I get to choose, and being able to be free is is happiness for me. It's it's. I, I just need to be free, and and that's what um what what this has gotten me freedom. Man, I just wanna again, man, congratulate you because man, that that was a whew, that was a hell of a move to go from, you know, in your thirties to to just say, you know what, I'm actually pursue my dreams because that's a you know, it's never too late, but right and when you you know, you you feel like once you hit your thirties, it's kinda like, okay, I'm at where I'm at. So Right, right, right. You know, and so what's interesting though is I moved during my Jesus year. So when I was 33, <laughs> well, that's what, you know, that's what they call it. Right. Your Jesus year. Yeah. Um, and so coincidentally, my father also died when he was 33. Oh, man. Sorry to hear so. That. So getting that moving during that year was also it was critical because I felt like if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Like, I knew that if I stayed on the police department to, to 10 years, had I stayed to that 10th year, I wouldn't have left. Why is that? Because it would have been, because I would have told myself that it would not, that it wouldn't have been worth it. I would have let myself believe that it would not have been worth it. And I'll say this when I joined the police department, he's still like one of my best friends to this day. I was a guy in my class. Um, who was 40, 42, 42. He left his job. He worked for, you know, he worked for someone else for 13 years, 14 years, left there to join the police department because it's something that he always wanted to do. At, At 42, 42, he was <laughs> in the academy with me and I was 25. What's the age limit? I thought age There's no age limit. It's not? It's illegal to discriminate against people because of their age. You just got to be able to pass that, that those oh. uh, physical agility tests. Oh, okay, okay. So your great-grandmother could get it, Could go and join the police department if she passed the background <laughs> and, the, and, that, and that physical. Yeah, I didn't know. I guess because I was thinking in terms of the military, because, you know, the, the military, you got to, after certain age, you can't join. So I just thought... This is true, right? Military, after a certain age, you can't join, but... Yeah. Hmm. Well, man. some again, police departments have a mandatory retirement, so they don't—they won't allow you to because of them, or they'll just force you out. Like, I think Maryland State Troopers, you have to, um, you can't come on, you have to retire at 59 and a half. Oh, okay, it, okay. It used to be that way, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Okay. Well, again, man, I, I want to truly thank you for doing this because I know you got a lot going on and, um, we talked, we didn't mention it on the show, but you got a, a big, uh, role you walking into Congratulations. And I just wish you all the best, man. And again, congr- you know, making that huge decision to, to, to follow your dream or follow your passions, man. I truly salute you for doing that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And thanks again for the interview. Okay. Um, do you, do you, do you, uh, are you, do you, do you want people to follow you on social media? Like, mm-hmm. Um sure. Um, they can follow me on social media. My um, actress page is Rodney L. Fitz. Fitz is F I T T S. Um, and my Instagram is nativescribble, N-A-T-I-V-E-S-C-R-I-B-B-L-E. N-A-T-I-V-E-S-C-R-I-B-B-L-E. Native Scribble. N A T I V E S C R I B B L E. N A T I V E S C R I B B L E. Native Scribble. And before I go, I wanted to uh, thank my sponsors, First Gen Fly and chain entertainment. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for believing in my vision. Again, thank you all for listening to this podcast and have a great day.